Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mind Over Matter. This week we had a fun guest on. He's from Newcastle. Um, met him through Julian Dory. He commented and shared a little bit on Julian Dory's Instagram, so I hit him up. Expecting nothing much, but luckily he came on the show and exp- uh, shared a couple of ex- his experiences. Um, I did want to share, we recorded this a week ago. Fell into some mental health problems myself, so... Just want to let you guys know and put that out there that it's okay. Take that week off. Take it. Take what you need. Focus on yourself. Um, everything's going to be okay when you get back to your job or whatever it is. Um, just want to make sure everybody knows that. You know, take your time. Get yourself right first. Focus on you first. Um, but without further ado, enjoy the episode. We got hit up um, actually by somebody to advertise a little bit. So I'm excited. Dance for Life is having an event. We got the, the two... Um, brochures here or <laughs> there and there um we'll have links down in the description below i hope you guys enjoy the video and um enjoy this one minute 30 second clip that dance for life also sent us to spread the word they've all learned habits of good living that have helped them stay physically healthy habits of cleanliness good diet exercise and rest but there's another side to good health and that's good mental So welcome back, everybody, to Mind Over Matter. We got a pretty fun one. I'm excited. Uh, honestly, I know Steve. Welcome to the show. How are you? <laughs> Hello. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm good. <laughs> good, good. Kev, how are we doing? I am phenomenal, bro. How are you? Good, good. So uh, Steve was on Instagram. He posted one of Julian Dory's uh, episodes, a clip from his. We just had Julian on the show. So... Uh, I saw it, Julian posted it on his story. So then I swiped up and just commented on Steve or uh, messaged him on Instagram. Saw that on his bio, he's advocate for mental health and all that. So I was excited. And then I sent him, uh, you know, hey, if you want to come on the show, open up a little bit. We got the platform. He said, sure. So I sent him, all right, well, we'll do it at noon on Monday. He said, <laughs> he says, yeah, that works. That's 5 p.m. here. what the hell (laughs) all right man i mean if we could change if you want us to change it we can so steve if you want to just go in where are you from what do you do um just who you are and what you're about uh yeah i'm steve i'm from newcastle in england in the uk and uh what do i do i just 
I, I think I talk a load of shite, basically. <laughs> uh, I, I just talk nonsense. I just say whatever's in my head. And I, I try and spread as much awareness about mental health and especially men's mental health. Uh, because I don't know about over in the States there, but in the UK, it is the biggest killer of men uh, between the ages of like 20 and 45. And something needs to happen to to change that. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's that's why we started the podcast. Um, yeah. What kind of got you to realize that? What, well, first, how old are you? I'm 37. Oh, wow. Um, you're looking good, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> 28. Yeah, man. Oh, wow. yes. Yeah, you're looking <laughs> good. <love> you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, um, suicide's been something that's uh, been close to me since I was young. I lost uh, lost my auntie to suicide. Um, and I've had my own battles with mental health, and I've had friends that have had uh, close calls as well and lost uh, a couple of friends as well to suicide and depression. So it's something that's very close to me. I believe the more people that speak out about their own struggles, because let's be honest, we all have them. We all have these struggles every single day, uh, and the more we normalize that, especially for men, the more lives will be saved. Yeah, no, that's something that, like, I mean, Trevor saw it, too, in the Army. Like, it was almost like, I'd say once every six months, we'd had a, a dude kill himself. And it, like, yeah. they would tell us kind of after why it happened. And I'm like, I don't think it's my place to call that reason stupid, but, like, preventable <laughs> easily. Like, it was always, like, you know, finances or something, or, like, a dude. I remember one something. dude thought that he was going to lose his security clearance. And I'm like, bro, that is like, I don't know. It just, it seems absurd to me. And I'm just like, how did, how did the system fail this dude so bad to where he thought such a preventable issue was the end of the world? It, it, it just seems so absurd to me. I'm like, bro, we have to do something different. This cannot, it just can't really go on, you know? Yeah, that's often like the the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? It's like, yeah, okay, so security clearance is going to lose up, but what what's going on in the background? Like, what's going on family wise? What upbringing has he had? How does he normally deal with things? Has he ever felt okay to be able to speak out? Has he got somebody that he, that he can talk to? And what is normal to him? Like men, especially over here in the UK, like it's not manly to speak about anything that's going on in your head it's not manly to be vulnerable and i've got i've got friends um a couple in particular that are like ex-army very like strong men and they wouldn't be called dead like saying how they actually feel out loud in front of their friends but have came to me because i, I obviously speak about the topic a lot they felt able to come to me and say like look i'm struggling anxiety through the roof depression whatever else we need to bring this more in the mainstream. We need more people that are manly talking about how they feel so that it allows other manly men to do the same. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's sort of uh, like a leadership role type type deal. We need so someone to fill this role. To it's uh, I was just thinking about this. I think this morning actually. Um, just the weird concept of vulnerability. You you want to wait for someone else to become vulnerable instead of you becoming vulnerable. But why? Because if they come vulnerable, yeah. I mean, you're just going to do it anyways. But you want them. To, it's just a weird kind of like chess game you play. Just 
just until someone pulls the trigger and uh what what kind of got you to pull your trigger to start speaking out about it metaphorically yeah yeah sorry yeah <laughs> so yeah I, I, I was going through uh, i was going through some um massive life changes um i was going through a divorce my life had turned completely upside down i was just a normal guy living a normal life and then everything was just upside down i wasn't coping and suicide was just on my brain constantly day and night day and night day and night and um there, there was one time where I'd, i planned it and everything was set up to go and fortunately for me i seen a post on instagram i've, I've got a daughter who would have been seven year old at the time um and I, I seen a post on Instagram on Facebook, sorry, that said, suicide doesn't end the pain; it just gives it to somebody else. And it made me realize that me and my own pain that I was in was going to transfer that pain to my daughter. So I, I couldn't go through it. I had to find some way to be able to live and try and live without the pain every day that I was in. Now. I spoke to a friend of mine who I'd known since the age of four years old, best friends all my life. And I spoke to him this, this one day we'd gone for like a run, like a jog together. And I just kind of broke down and said, this is a situation I'm in. This is how I'm feeling. I don't want to be here anymore. And he consoled me. He was there for me, which I was always scared of being vulnerable in, in that kind of way. And then we got to talking and he'd been having a lot of similar struggles in, in his own life with depression and stuff. And it just, it kind of dawned like an epiphany on me in that moment. Like, fucking hell, we're all screwed up. We've all got this, this shit going on. Yeah. And nobody, like, everybody's scared to talk about it, even though we're all going through it. And then it's like that domino effect, like you were just saying there. The first one that's vulnerable, then it can set off everybody else doing the same. And that's that's kind of what I try to do. I try to share my own story so that hopefully somebody will feel brave enough to share theirs as well. Is there anything that you think would have prevented you from getting to like such a like a desperate point? Um, I don't know because now I tell people to talk all the time, reach out and talk to people, and at the time I. I think I was too far gone at that stage, which is why I always try and I always try and talk all the time about my own struggles so that people will feel able to talk about their struggles before it gets to that point. Because once it gets to that point, it can be too hard to bring somebody back unless they have, like me, I was lucky enough to have my daughter to think about in that scenario of like, if I go through with this, I'm... I'm going to ruin the rest of her life, basically. Like like I said, my auntie, when I was young, she took her own life. And that had a massive effect on my upbringing and her own kids' upbringing. And I was able to then, because of that post, I was able to think, right, I'm going to put my daughter through that. So then I had to find another way. But there's people out there that they won't see that post. They won't be able to find another way. And that is the step they'll take just to escape their pain. But Yeah. Uh, I mean, real quick, I just think like isolation is a big real contributor to kind of getting to that area. Like I know where we worked, we were working with, 
I mean, we saw probably 50 faces a day there. And so it was pretty easy. Like if I was down, someone would definitely notice that. But if I wasn't around so many people, I could just be isolated and then no one would, no one would see it except for me. But like, obviously I'm not going to say like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm getting worse because I'm getting worse. So yeah, I just think like isolation is one of those things that, you know, we need to take up like literally like hanging out with people, but then also just kind of like being the person that people feel comfortable reaching out to. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the biggest thing is being that person people are, comfortable reaching out to and that's when you have to be able to be vulnerable with them those people you know and that's a hard thing even within the army we talk a lot you can't really do that in the army because you're supposed to be this strong leader and this strong man so if if you're this strong leader leading 20 people into battle you're not supposed to be talking about all these struggles so it's kind of hard to to bring them all up but yeah and oh real quick and all the old people in the army i say old i mean like 30 and up like their leadership style was like, you should be afraid of me. You should do what I say because I say so. And then like, that's it. But in like my head, that made no sense because if I'm struggling, I'm not going to go to the dude that's always an asshole to me. Like I'm just yeah. not, <laughs> I'm a lot more inclined to go to the dude who's nice to me. So like, yeah. I don't, I, I hated when people would just be mean to people for the sake of wanting them to like, do what they say. Like I'd, I'd rather inspire you to do the right thing, but like you shouldn't, feel compelled to do what I tell you by virtue of being afraid of me. That just doesn't work. I'm sorry, Trevor. Go ahead. Yeah. No, uh, Steve, I don't know if you got into the episode enough, and I don't even know if I explained it on the episode, but I also went through the divorce, and life turned upside down for me too. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, Kevin was the one here that, uh, I mean, he led me through through it all. Uh, (laughs) So that's kind of how the podcast started. I was overseas. She ended up cheating on me. Kevin helped me out. And, uh, right. um, when I got home, uh, I was living in this two story house, three bed, and I was alone. Lucky for me, I was there one day alone. I had a couple buddies move in, so I wasn't isolated, but yeah, that one day alone, man, even that one day was like, it was, my head was running crazy. Like if I wasn't, yeah. if I wasn't drinking to pass out, I would not have, pa- I would not have fallen asleep. So I do want to ask mm-hmm. if you have any, like, if you ran into any substance abuse problems or any drug alcohol related issues throughout your struggles. No, um, no, not really. There was times, um, where like alcohol became, I became a bit dependent on it. Uh, I was telling myself for a good time, but it, as you know, alcohol becomes an escape, doesn't it? From, from your real problems. And that's what it was for me. My auntie who I talked about, um, she had a lot of struggles with alcohol so it's always kind of kept me away from substances it's always been a, a kind of guiding light knowing that that is kind of a destination when you get involved with that i've always managed to steer steer clear of that yeah isn't the drug scene real big in that part of europe like party drugs i've seen a lot of like vice documentaries about it yeah so my party days are long behind me so <laughs> I, I i don't know i don't yeah. know uh man yeah it's it's crazy um what uh i don't know when i do you do you believe in any any religion or any higher power or anything cuz that was 
I mean, when you were going talking about your story and you you had it all planned out and you just scrolled through Facebook and the post was there. I mean, do you believe in coincidences? Do, do, do... do you know what? Um, I, I, I don't, but there's things like that that I, I track back in my life. There's a couple of incidents where I've, I should have died and sometimes it's hard to think like, God, is there something out there that's that's kept me alive for for this reason or that reason? And I find it hard to believe in anything that I can't see. So I just know that the me still being alive from the the couple of very close calls I've had uh, and the uh, the almost suicide. I try now to kind of pay a debt to the universe uh, not to to any any god or religion or anything but to the universe in itself I mean I'm still here I'm fortunate enough to be here and I can tell my story I can run community hiking groups to to stop that isolation that is the biggest killer when it comes to suicide it is it is that feeling alone that that kind of depression kind of forces us to feel even more isolated as well doesn't it so i I try and give back by doing that by building a community for people to stop feeling so isolated now is it working yes what does it yeah. look like like a I, I'm, I'm picturing like an aa group almost <laughs> but i don't, I don't um, know how true that is so what I do is uh, it's a it's a hiking group over here where I am and it's completely free. This, this I believe is how governments can rescue people from from suicide. Um, we put events on that get people outdoors into the countryside, which we all know is massively beneficial for your mental health, but it also gives that sense of community as well. Brings people together, make friendships, have people to talk to, and it gives you a sense of purpose to come along to these things. And I think government should get behind these sort of things and make more of an incentive for people to to come along um, and, and help out starting them, funding them. Like, you know, I don't know what it's like over in the States, but over here, it's it's not something that they're, they're trying to help in, in any way, shape or form. So in the UK, we have a lot of these community groups of people just running them on their own and the the benefits of them we've got like two and a half thousand nearly three thousand people like joined up to ours and we have regularly like anywhere between 20 and 70 people coming along to each hike and the feedback we have from people just seeing how it gave them that sense of purpose it it gave them something to do they felt like scared alone they didn't know how to get into the outdoors themselves and it, it's provided them with like uh, a kind of safe haven yeah, yeah, no, that's that's wonderful because I'm just thinking like in the U.S. we don't really have like how do I say it like not groups but like places dudes can just go hang out with other dudes like you may have like a veterans of foreign wars post but we don't have like just groups where dudes can go and hang out with each other. Yeah, yeah, and, and we and get rid of the stigmas or whatever it is and just just sit there and actually talk like like you said there's activities i could go to hockey or whatever it is i could go play my sport but i'm not going to be able to kind of open up or even like it'll it'll feel less isolated of course and that's what saved me in my depression is i turned to hockey and i was there 
every Sunday. I was there all day, every day, just having fun with my friends and whatnot. But that, that was more of just getting outside and, you know, but there's no, there's no real place for us to like, um, kind of get together without feeling forced to uh, have some alcohol, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? So it's, uh, that is a, a cool community. I went on a, the army actually did do that. Well, they have a couple chaplain retreats and, um, I didn't have to be religious. I was just able to sign up luckily. And it was pretty cool. We went out and we went hiking a couple places. They paid for it and all that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see any government. As far as I see, the government is trying to make the mental scene worse over here. Um, I don't see any, any steps <laughs> of them trying to help us. Uh, big pharma doesn't, doesn't have the best interest. It's, it's a, to me, it's a money scheme. So until money's out of the picture, I don't see how we're going to fix it. Um, or I until mean, we yeah. have people who don't care about money in like, not in charge, but, uh, advocating for some help. Like, look what happened with the coronavirus. They told us stay in your house and don't see anyone like, okay, so I'm not getting sunlight. I'm not getting human interaction. Like I get it. There's a virus, but like more people are killing themselves and are dying from this shit. So you tell me it's yeah. just, we, we, we would much rather send our money overseas to the Ukraine, to Israel, to whatever war we're fighting than use it on actual Americans. And I, I just think that that is absolutely absurd. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. It's crazy. So what, <clears throat> what, um, what keeps you going every day? Like when you wake up, like, uh, and just kind of, you know, wake up and just kind of look in the mirror and the, what you may have some of those thoughts. Uh, what, what do you combat those thoughts with? You know? Yeah. You know, the, I, I can have them thoughts on a good day. Like they are ever present, but on a bad day, they are just there all the time. Um, so every day I just get up, I have, like a routine that helps keep me kind of balanced. As soon as I'm out of routine, that's when I can start uh, to have a bit of a wobble. So I just, I just think about like trying to help people about my situation where I was. I felt completely alone. I didn't have anybody to turn to. I did, but I didn't know that I did at the time because we all spend so much time on our phones every day scrolling through different social media sites. For me, it is the perfect place to put people of influence, like actual influencers, put them right in people's faces and say, it is okay to feel like shit. It is not the end of the world. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. Our lives aren't perfect. Like, we, we see everybody's lives on social media and, and we automatically think this is their life all of the time. Not a split second where there was a photo taken orchestrated to look joyful. We think it's their life and it, it compounds our own misery and we feel even more shit. So we need, I think, across the world, not just here or, or over there, use these influences to show that everybody's life is the same. It's shit. Like most of the time, and we all have like good points, and let's celebrate the great times and not put ourselves down so much for the bad times. No, that's what people need to do. Cause, like, I mean, I, I've seen influencers, and it's so easy to think, like, oh, 
their entire life is just perfect. And it's really mm -hmm. not. I, I, you know, it's not. So it's those are the kind of people that need to say, like, yo, I know I present as like life is, you know, phenomenal 24 seven. But, but like, here's the reality of, you know, being me of what I, I just actually think that, do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, though, is like. You brought up dudes don't really want to say like, hey, I need help because of the fear of stigmatizing. Like, does that because I was thinking about it and I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard of someone, at least, you know, in my growing up, that was like that went to someone said, hey, I need some help. And the dude was like, no, you don't but quit being a pussy yeah. and like man up. Like, have you seen anything like that? No, but we kind of see it on the telly, don't we? Like on the TV, like in in shows and in, in movies and stuff like that. Yeah, we we are kind of shown that as we grow up. Like one example I can think of, like uh, Dave, is watched uh, the program Suits. I've Suits, heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, roommates so... watched that overseas actually <laughs> when we were in Iraq. <laughs> So that that's a great example. There's like there's these two two lawyers who are like great great lawyers, and one of them's like a really insecure, bumbling mess all the time, and he's kind of the fool. He's the joke of the place, and he's in therapy all the time, and he's kind of mocked for this therapy. And then this other guy who was like really cool, really lavish. He like basketball, like he's boxing stuff. He, he's like what yous would kind of call the jock over there he's like yeah. he's like the cool guy and he mocks therapy he doesn't go to therapy he doesn't need therapy in the end he goes after like loads of season stuff but what we need to see coming on the telly or on the tv is is more people who are stereotypically like cool like jocks whatever taking up the likes of therapy talking about their mental health talking about problems insecurities and being vulnerable because we are shown on shows that it's only the weak, it's only the the kind of pussies that are that are like opening up and being vulnerable. Yeah, no, I mean, on the social media thing, you see these people and their life looks perfect. So you almost would think that, like, okay, that's that's what I should be or could be achieving. But the yeah. fact that I'm not. It's like you think that that's like a bad, like a failure on your part. Yeah, it depresses yeah. you more, but. I mean, realistically, everyone can achieve pretty much anything you want to do, <laughs> and that's that Absolutely. was uh, that is something that actually um, I didn't learn until I want to say like a year and a half ago. Like, I can't, wow. I, I can do anything I want. Like, I, I really could. I just got to find something that, and do it. And it, it was, uh, you know, I was sitting at home. I was texting my brother Kevin, all my friends and family. Oh man, look what I could do this and get into this and. I could be a doctor here, whatever it was. And then they were all saying, like, dude, do something. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know, you could do all these. Like, you got them all lined up. Go now, go do one of them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, uh, that first step is the hardest, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's one of those, the hardest uh, steps you could ever take. But uh, I do want to ask how you, how you uh, fell into this, this hiking business you got how how that came about damn so when i was going through um this divorce like i literally found out my wife was having an affair white me and my life was turned upside down and i was just kind of trying to keep my head above water and then an old school friend 
had uh, posted something on Facebook that he was going to do this challenge, like uh, climbing free mountains over here in the UK. It's called the, the Free Peaks Challenge. And I thought, wow, I love being outdoors. I love the idea of climbing mountains. I'm, I'm just going to go along and, and give it a go. Like I grew up with like horrendous social anxiety. So the, the idea of going along and, and meeting new people and meeting a guy that I hadn't seen since school, it just it terrified me. But I was really trying to push myself out of my comfort zone and and try new things. And fortunately, I fell into doing that. And I've never looked back since. Like the outdoors, sorry, the outdoors is it really has like helped save my life. How big are these mountains you're climbing? Are they, like I'm thinking like Everest. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the the tallest mountain out of the three of them, it's the highest mountain in the UK. It's only like thirteen hundred meters. So it's not. It's not huge. You said thirteen hundred. Yeah, <laughs> like, so like five thousand feet. <laughs> Like well, I think a yeah. mile is sixteen hundred meters. Yeah. So in in yeah. feet, what is it? Uh, like three. So thirteen would be like yeah, it would be like three and a half thousand. Yeah, feet, it's like, like double and some. It's like five yeah, about, pounds. Yeah. About three and a half thousand feet. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not it's not much compared to like some mountains you've got over there, but um, it is a bigger store here. But yeah, we've got a well, a lot of national parks over here, like mountainous regions, and I just love like spending my nights like wild camping, like bushcraft, just sleeping under the stars. It's it's good to be back out, like pushing your comfort zone and like kind of living off the land a little bit. That kind of takes you back to like your your more primitive side, you know, like that's how your ancestors did it. Yeah, it, it stops you engaging the, the front part of your brain, isn't it? Which is what causes us all the, the mental problems that we have in this life. Yeah, I mean, even too, just being out in the sunlight. Like, yeah. I, I remember I went to an army school like a year and a half ago. And when when we were working back here, we were outside almost all day. Like, always working on the flight line, doing something. But I'm in this building, and it's like a class, like like an office building almost. Like, you're inside almost all day and i'm like bro i'm just bummed out right now like no wonder everyone's depressed in this country we get no exercise we get no sunlight like I, no windows yeah bro like you cannot underestimate the importance of sunlight and just nature yeah no it's it's one thing that actually uh because here in florida i live in tampa florida it's like 100 degrees every day <laughs> so uh it is one thing that helps me just cope with being so incredibly hot like oh my god it's so hot but i mean i'm i'm as pretty close to the sun as i can get <laughs> like, <laughs> like i'm pretty close to the sun uh yeah so, but uh i have you ever uh like seen the sun as a f actual circle have you seen the shape of the sun without like it's shining at you i looked up at it yesterday and it was unreal <laughs> no no i uh no, so the clouds were blocking it. So, like, the sun rays weren't coming out. The oh, clouds were blocking yeah, all of them. Yeah. So I saw the actual shape. It looked like the moon, but way yeah. brighter. It was awesome. It's something so broad. It's something so broad to him. It's called sun gazing. You're yeah. supposed to look at the sun? It's like, yeah, you take a peek <laughs> at it. Like, and it's like in the sunset and sunrise, you try to take, like, a quick peek at it. It's called sun gazing, yeah. I mean, I'll look it up. I yeah. mean, this dude's got me sunning my nuts, so who, who's to say, bro? <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Shout so out bro, to Soul, bro. Yeah, so bro, I, he's the one that got us to uh, start the podcast or got me to motivate myself to start it. It's another good. Have uh, you ever you ever seen any of Soul Bra's stuff? No. He's like real big on Twitter and like IG, but he's really like one of these I guess I would call him like an alternative medicine kind of guys. But like to me that's just how medicine should be. Like he always preaches yeah. like get the basics right like if you're depressed your doctor should not be just prescribing you uphill. It should be, what's your diet look like? What's your sleep? How much exercise are you getting? How much are you going outside? Are your are your relationships sound? Like, what what's your relationship with the spiritual side? It's like all this stuff that's just like a back to basics kind of thing. And people just go away from it because it's hard. It's like, it's, it's a lot easier for me to wake up and take a pill than it is for me to go outside and exactly. walk. But well, that, that that I think is the biggest problem. Sorry, sorry to cut across. No, I, ahead, I think is a, the biggest problem in the Western world. Convenience is key, and it is killing us. Oh, yeah. Convenience is killing us slowly. So yeah, I, I fully support that message of make your life a little bit harder and get outside. Like do things that you're scared of. Do things that take a little bit more time and effort. And you will find you don't have as many mental problems as what you do when you chase convenience all the time. Yeah, no, I think it's, um, I was thinking the other day, man, I was like about to cook dinner and I'm like chilling on my couch. I was like, man, fuck dude, I should just door dash something. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, like straight up, we've all been there. And I was thinking like, dude, if my ancestors can go out and hunt <laughs> <laughs> and sweating out and there's no air conditioning, I can get up and make dinner. Like it's funny, but it's it's true. No, though. mine was a little different. We were uh, my girlfriend. We were supposed to go to my parents' house, and her brakes, brake pads, just not good. I had to get them replaced, so couldn't go to my parents. It was a, her day off. She got upset, and then the next day we were supposed to go to her parents' boat and go out. So we couldn't do any of those. We go to the tire shop. I'm like, how much is it, man? And he tried to scam me. Well, we'd have to replace all four because of this, and then we'd have to replace the tire. <laughs> and I'm like. Oh my God, dude, I'm going to jump off a cliff. This is insane. <laughs> of course she has an Audi. So it's, I mean, I wish I was in Europe. It'd be way easier to find the parts and shit, but I <laughs> uh, couldn't find any of the parts. And, but yeah, I, I told her uh, yesterday because Kevin works on his wife's car a lot. I'm like, Man, if he doesn't work on his wife's car a lot, I'd, I probably wouldn't do it. So it's about surrounding yourself with the right people. You yeah. know, that's that's a big thing, getting out of isolation and surrounding yourself with the, also the right people. You're not just getting into whoever you can, you know. To try yeah, to well, yeah. You, you become the average of the, the people you surround yourself with, don't you? So if, if you haven't got the right people around you, you're going to be brought down instead of raised up. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, and it's a really weird one, especially if it comes to family, because um, even generational gap, my family, even like my mom and dad have they think way different than me it's just how it is they're 25 years older than me i mean it's gonna happen um yeah. so it's weird to kind of i mean we don't think similarly I, you got it i mean smart to get out of the house at 23 or earlier if you could that was the cap when i was 23 and i was like oh man i'm still in the home like now we definitely don't think alike and now they don't they're also not um helping me program my brain anymore yeah. So it's it was a weird uh path to cross. You gotta you steer into I had to get out the house, like you guys say, get and then find people to surround myself with that I know are gonna help me succeed and help me climb the ladder. <clears throat> um I did wanna ask a little bit 
about your daughter though you mentioned your daughter how's she doing how old is she now she's 11 yeah she's she's amazing she's yeah. absolutely amazing yeah, yeah Good, don't, man. don't get me started talking about her because honestly I, i'll talk for days <laughs> yeah. About her. yeah we need more dads like that bro. yeah that's no we, we do we here. really do it's uh it's that's uh it like jordan peterson when when i found jordan peterson do you know who that is he's got uh yeah he's like a motivational speaker isn't he yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah. so he he was like uh another father for me like and yeah. so it, even even finding one on online was unreal for me to just have access like like you guys say i have access online there's another dad out there that i could just listen to so we do need more like that we need, need more of you guys out there but we um, need more dads that care bro yeah. like that is the most damaging thing you could do for a kid is take away one of their parents especially their father like not knocking the moms but like how many how many chicks right now are fucked up and they have daddy issues like it's it sounds cliche but it's true yeah yeah it's, like, it's, we, it's, not, it's not just women as well like like boys that yep. they need the dads around they, they need both parents around but um that was what was a every child deserves a, an adult who cares and that that was a quote i seen like many years ago and i try to make sure my daughter knows that every minute of every day that i care about her and that i love her so that she never feels that gap but also and any other kids as well that, that you see it's so hard to to grow up isn't it like we've all been there it, it's hard standing out it's hard it's hard to try and fit in stuff like that and some kids don't get the, the chance to do it like i try and take my daughter outdoors all the time i try and give her as much knowledge about the outdoors as i can give her and uh, as much knowledge about life as well that i can give her and a lot of kids especially over here in the uk are kind of just grown at school and let the school deal and let the school bring them up and kind of ju just left to it. They don't get much influence from the parents. And I just think it's a, it's a fucking travesty because we are forming the next generation. Like I, I see being a dad as a job. Like I know that it might sound a bit philosophical, but I, I see being a dad as a job. I am trying to create an adult basically that isn't going to suffer from the same mental problems that I've suffered my entire life. The thought of my daughter growing up and having anxiety, depression, going through the same shit that I've gone through scares the life out of me. So I want to make sure she is, she's got all the resources possible that I feel I never had growing up. And no, me and uh, my wife were having an argument a few months ago. Cause like I've, I've become really big on like the kind of, husband and wife dynamic where the man works, makes the money, and then the wife can stay at home and raise the kids. And she's had just graduated nursing school. She's like, well, I don't want to stay at home and just raise kids. It's like, bro, you say that like it's not the most important job that a person can do. Like name me something more important than raising our next generation. Like I, I find it, I can't see that. And I think that, that so many parents here in the U.S. will – put their kid in preschool or daycare or whatever, and then they go to school from when they're five to, you know, 18. 
And like, you're not really involved in your kid's life as much as you need to be. You're just yeah. kind of allowing the state to raise them. And uh, I'll tell you what happens is when you, that happens and you got a bunch of kids at school that are uh, parentless, I guess. Oh, it's kind of, kind of parentless. You know, you send them to school and you kind of just don't care about them. Now you got kids eating each other up. You got bullies. You get, you get the bullies yeah. who don't care about the other kids. And I had someone close to me recently get bullied and... I mean, it tore it tore my heart up just hearing the story, like just hearing what happened because these other kids are just so ruthless. I thought it was a movie like I thought this was a movie script. What was going on? And then it's like it was it was the craziest. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like they were taking pictures. They were taking pictures and posting them later on social media to make fun of the person. While telling her it's just like for beauty, like we're taking like beauty pictures of you, like yeah. pose, pose for us while they're all laughing and posting them on social media. That's what happens well, I, when you don't have parents. Yeah, no, th you're exactly right, bro. Those kids don't know what compassion looks like. Like if the well, only. <clears throat> what's what, what is um, like teenage suicides? Like what? What are the teenage suicide rates over there in the states? Because over here they are frightening. Oh, it's. I'll look it up right. Teenage. Yeah, look it up. But I'd I'd wager that it's probably very high, especially right now, because kids place so much value on what other people think. Like yeah. kids now are not looking up to like great people as their role models. They're looking up to whoever's got the most followers on Instagram or likes on TikTok. And they think that if they don't get that, then they're somehow worth less. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I can imagine it probably be a lot higher than it was in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, now the, you look at kids now and you ask them what they want to be when they grow up. And it's not a fireman. It's not a like police officer. It, it's not even a like a soccer player, football player anymore. It's a YouTube creator. Like everything is online. That's what they're looking to. And the influence that we are giving our children is like, if you look at shows like um, America's Got Talent, it's like Britain, Britain's Got Talent over here. You'll get somebody on there who is, who is shit. Like the con <laughs> sing, the rock is terrible, whatever. And then we sit there mocking these people while our kids are sat next to us on the set. Eh? And then we're sending them to school and expect them not to treat their friends the same way. Like how how can we sit and say, right, don't bully anybody when we're looking bullying people all the time? Because that's effectively what it is. Like we on we take TV. The, yeah on national TV and magazines. We've got, we've got magazine like articles ripping celebrities to pieces because they're wearing this and they're not wearing that, or the face is being like this, or they they haven't lost weight or they have lost weight, and that's all these kids see all of the time pumped into their eyeballs. And then they go and do exactly the same thing to the friends or whatever in school. And they think they're just having a laugh. And then poor little Tommy, who everybody's having a laugh at, he can't take it anymore. And he just goes and takes his own life because that's an easier option than waking up and going to school the next day. Because I mean, kids he has are no one just, to go home and talk to. Kids are ruthless too, man. Like, yeah. the, I, here it is, UCLA health.org suicide is the second leading cause of death among people age 15 to 24 in the u.s nearly 20 percent of high school students report serious thoughts of suicide and nine percent have made an attempt to take their lives 
like 9%, bro. That's millions of kids. Yeah. 20%. 20%. A fifth of them report serious thoughts of suicide or thinking of it. Yeah, no. I, uh, I'll admit I have done that as a kid. I mean, I think we all might have at some point, but oh, I would I would make funny kids sometimes. Um, but I remember watching it was a video of this lady called Susan Boyle, and uh, she was on I maybe Britain's Got Talent. I don't know, but yeah, like was, Trevor, yeah. you seen you seen the video of her singing on there, bro? Susan Boyle. Susan Boyle. She's oh yeah not, yeah, yeah not yeah, the yeah. most attractive woman, yeah, yeah, but she gets on stage, bro, and she's like, yep. oh, I'm gonna sing this song, and everyone in the joint is laughing at her. Even and Simon, yeah. Simon Cowell, bro. Yeah. Everyone. They're like, oh, yeah, get the fuck. And then she sings, and it was like the heavens opened up. She's got such a beautiful voice. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, bro. Like, what? Like, I'm I'm picking on a kid, but, like, I don't know everything about him. I just know what I think I know. So, like, maybe I'm 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 wrong for doing that. It, it's the old cliche, isn't it? Don't judge a book by its cover. And what we do that so easily. Like that, that that statistic there is, is horrifying. Like it really is horrifying. Like I I remember I'd done some research a couple of years ago, and I I tried to put this out on uh, to my Instagram to try and get people to to be able to understand these figures because we hear them figures and we go, oh god they're bad, but I think it was something like one in six people had 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 made an attempt of suicide in in the UK. And this was before the coronavirus. It's got worse since then. Oh. And it was like one in 20 people had had suicidal thoughts. And I broke it down. Uh, I can't remember the figures now, uh, so excuse me. But I was like, for, for every 100 followers you have on Instagram, 20 of them have thought about taking their own lives just to try and put it in people's mind in, in numbers that be able to understand. So if you can imagine 100 followers, 20 of them followers had tried to take, well, thought about taking their own lives, like just to try and make it more real for people. Yeah, I was and, just doing, that's funny you mentioned that. I was just doing that in my <laughs> head with the statistic. It's like, it yeah, was so, like 10% of kids attempted it, which means yeah. if you have a class full of, what, 10 people, one of, or let's say 20 people, two of them have attempted yeah. suicide. It's yeah, insane. It's sorry to cut you off, but I thought it was just no. funny. Like I was literally no, just that, thinking that. that. That's right. Like, like just in my head. Like, it's it's crazy. It's isn't crazy, it? and we're not talking about it. And one of the biggest things when I was going through through my hard time was everyone was telling me it happens to everyone. Oh, it happens to everyone. It happens to everyone. Oh, in the well, army, yeah. Even in the army, my my family. It doesn't matter. Everyone was saying it, it happens to everyone. Well, if it happens to everyone, <laughs> why don't we do something about it, damn it? Like, it, it was pissing me off. It happens to everyone. Well, let's do something, damn it. Like, wow, well, thanks, I'm cured. <laughs> yeah, like, man, that was, uh, it was one of the biggest things getting under my skin. It was, it was, it happens to everyone. Get over it or whatever it was. Oh, my God. Drove me insane. The, going back to something that was said before, though, like, in school, especially when I was at school and before I was at school, I'm not sure what it's like now, but I was kind of raised to fear teachers and to fear adults. Yeah. So I'm not going to go to this, these same people, like you said earlier and say, Oh, like I'm really struggling here. I can't turn to me friends because then I'll look weak. I'll be the weak link. I can't turn to me parents because 
we weren't that type of family. So I'm growing up and I've got absolutely nobody to talk to. And I think a lot of people are the same. We all have some huge things going on in my life. Like, like I say, I, I lost my auntie, my, my granddad. He lost his life. Um, and I didn't have anybody to talk to during these things going on. So you can imagine as like a 13, 14, 15-year-old boy, how how do I deal with anything like that that's going on that are major, major life events that most adults can't even get their shit together to get through? How is a child supposed to get through that? And we still have that going on today. Yeah, when I uh, look around and kind of just – I just kind of look around – and observe people um and kind of just see you could kind of see what where they're at almost if you just mm -hmm. if they're especially if they're doing something um i, I learned about this in my site class it's a, some empirical method or something you just kind of observe what they're doing and you you could kind of tell who, who understands it and who just kind of brushed it off you could see yeah. who who is kind of mentally aware and is kind of dealt with the problems and who's brushed it off you it's i don't maybe it's because i i am in this field and this is like what i love thinking about on a day-to-day -day basis i don't know but it was and then i was going to the gym and i see 30 40 50 year olds that aren't on the same like they they still haven't thought about it and it's just this generation for some reason is coming up thinking about it more and i what what would you say is the reason? Is it because the rates went up? Is it what what would you, what do you think it is over in UK? If you, <laughs> I, I think it's because there's more influence, isn't it? I mean, if you go back 20, 30 years ago, you grew up and your influence was your your family, your school, and your town where where you kind of grew up and that was it but now the world is so open to us we are we are seeing kind of everything going on and it can be a good and a bad thing where we see both sides of it and i think the internet has brought so much bad shit <laughs> in life it really has but it has also brought a lot of good things it's brought people together and stuff but the power that there is there in the internet it is so underutilized for good in in my opinion um, I think there's so much more we, we could do to to bring the world together a little bit more. I don't want to like sound political or even philosophical, but there's so much more we can do to to just make the world a bit of a happier and better place to coexist. Because at the end of the day, we all have to. So like everybody's scrambling over each other to get to the top. Like just fucking reach back and help out. Like that's all you need to do. Just like what you guys are doing, like. The, like podcasts like this raising awareness talking about the the matters at hand it's it's opening people's eyes and i think the more we see that the more we see people doing that especially that fit the the kind of criteria of like age group gender and stuff like that the more men that are going to come along and see this see you two guys talking about the the subject without hiding away without shying away from it the more lives are going to be saved, as I keep saying, we need to talk more. Yeah, and that's what I told Kevin. That was the goal when we set out for the podcast was to save save lives. If we could affect one life, one day at a time, if I could affect one life. And then when we were starting to see a couple numbers on our YouTube videos, it was like, man, I this can go. I mean, you could reach, yeah. reach numbers with this and affect so many people. <clears throat> 
That's insane. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. no, we were we were just so like eager to get into it too. Cause I mean we were talking, we we're like, well, what can we do about this problem? Like realistically. I'm like, well, we can't really run for office, or even if we did, I don't think that would do a damn thing. But like, <laughs> what what can what can Trevor and I do right now? I was like, or Trevor suggested that we make a podcast. And I was like, yeah, that might not work. But I was like, yeah, fuck it, dude, who cares? It might. Who who's to say it won't? Like, we were so eager to jump into it. Like my our first episode, like our first few actually. I didn't even have my computer set up. Like I was literally just recording it fucking from the phone on my camera, dude. But I'm glad I'm glad that we did it. Um I don't regret doing it at all. And I just I think it there's got to be something that everyone can kind of do. But I do yeah. think that you you were really nail on the head there with the whole like young people now are a lot more on the internet like yeah. when, like their whole lives. Like when growing up I had like a flip phone in middle school. But like social media really wasn't popping until like MySpace and like Facebook yeah. back in high school. So it's like we weren't like that. But these young kids now is they have access to all of these people and they can see like, OK, this dude died. Like you, how many kids got affected when Mac Miller died? Like a shit ton. Like people can see mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe maybe th- people are going through something or, or Juice World, you know? Yeah. So it's it's one of those double edged swords where people can see more bad things happening, but then they also are aware of bad things and then I think are more inclined to take action to stop those. Yeah, there was a I don't know if you guys heard it over there in the States, but um a TV presenter called Caroline Flack over here in the UK and a few years ago um, I, I don't I don't follow any news at all, so I don't even know what it was that she was doing. But apparently, she she'd been accused of um, assaulting her ex boyfriend or or a boyfriend or something. Now the press absolutely ripped that to shreds. They tore this girl's life apart for a year, and she ended up taking her own life. Okay, now after that. Every magazine, every newspaper that had shredded her to pieces was all selling papers saying how sorry the like how how bad it was and how nobody was there for her and how people should just be kind and stuff like this. And it's like so what what we're selling to kids here is let's bully people, let's rip them to shreds, let's fucking annihilate them every day of the week. And the only time they ever get any sort of sympathy or anybody trying to understand what they are going through is after they have killed themselves. So what are we telling kids to do? No, you, you, I know exactly what that is. It's like every day for the last six years, whenever I turn on the news or I turn on public radio, it is how much Trump is orange Hitler and he is just the worst person on earth, basically Satan walking around. And I'm like, bro, you, like people are seeing that and thinking it's okay to think of someone else like that, like think about him, whatever, but like, that's still a person, but yeah. the media has done such a, I hate to call it great, but a great job at denigrating this guy that I don't think a lot of people see how bad it gets. Like, okay, I'll, I'll take a politician. That I don't like if I was at the grocery store and I seen her and she fell, I would help her up. But if I took the average person who hates Donald Trump and he fell at the grocery store, they'd go leg drop his butt. Like, they wouldn't help him. It's like, how film did things it. get? Yeah, they would film it. They fucking probably shit on the dude. It's like, bro, how yeah. did, how did we get to this this level of rhetoric to where people are just not people anymore? It is, it's insane to me. Yeah, 
I've I've said that before about the the likes of Donald Trump. We we get a lot of news over here about him, and you see people sharing it on on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And there'll be a meme of his hair flapping in the wind, and they'll be calling and news. But what the fuck has that got to do with politics? Like, <laughs> if you want to tear the guy apart for politics, tear the guy apart for politics. But that is just bullying. That's all it is. You're bullying the guy for like because of his hair or the colour of his face or whatever else. You're, you're nothing more than a high school bully when you do that. Oh, yeah. I've always said, like, Trump could cure cancer and people would find something to complain about. You know, or what's mm-hmm. the dude over there? Boris, right? That's his name? Boris Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a bunch Boris. of memes about him. I love you seen Boris. this dude, Trevor? I love With his Boris. hair all everywhere? Yeah. Every time yeah, yeah. he rolls out of bed. I love Boris. I love that guy, yeah. But, like, we're not... He's exactly the same, yeah. Like, people take the piss out of his, like, physical appearance all the time. And it's like, rip him apart for his politics. Like, he doesn't seem to know what he's doing a lot of the time. So, like, like absolutely caring him for that. But what's it got to do with, like, how overweight he is or or anything else physically? It's got nothing to do with it. No, and then if if you also attack that so much, you end up with a robot in office. You get someone who has no hair, has no personality, you know. Remind you, know, you of anyone you know? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Look who we got up right now, bro. Come on. Dude. No, that's exactly what happens. And yeah. Personally, that's not what I want. I want I want a Boris Johnson with the goofy hair in his suit. I do. I want it. So no. that's, what, that's what the American people need. You can tell, bro. You can tell that our country is craving leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're like in a void where no one's really doing anything. Joe Biden's like a thousand years old, can't barely string together a sentence. But like, dude, we need freaking guidance and leadership right now. And we're not getting that. And you can absolutely feel that. Yeah. But whoever's guiding any country, it's all it all comes down to one thing, which I mentioned before. Money. Money. Yeah. Money. Yeah. And uh, like the, the pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that. The reason why we go into like doctors, GPs, as we call them over here, and they're quick to prescribe antidepressants is because that's where they make money. They don't make any money off telling you to go for a walk in nature. Yeah, they don't make money if you stop coming back. (laughs) If they cure you and you don't have depression anymore, what do they get out of it? They don't make no money from telling you to go fucking exercise, bro. The the best things for mental health are free. Yeah, yeah sure enough. It's just like with coronavirus, bro. Were they telling us to maybe lose weight? No. Even though most people dying of COVID were overweight, they were telling us, oh, get eight of these shots and you might be okay. Like, yeah. it's just, that's all such a flagrant money grab, man. It's, but, but I really, I don't see a way that you could realistically get money out of politics like that. Like, to me, it, I don't see another way you could do it. Yeah. Not with money no. coexisting. <laughs> now what we need to do is get a lot more money so we can influence hey, the right yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there talking. we go. <laughs> that's a, that, that we can do. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what Donald Trump tried to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, what's Damn that it. company, bro? BlackRock. They got like seven trillion dollars in assets, bro. What? That's. They need to. They need to run. No. No. We just need to like do that. And then, like, and then run, and then become president. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what Donald Trump did. I don't know if I want to take those, follow know, those footsteps, know. man. 
Yeah, it'd be kind of tough, man. Maybe uh, who's that? Maybe Ron DeSantis can do that. We can yeah, there we go. Yeah, Shut Elon Musk. He's a billionaire. Maybe he'll just hop on and run for office one day. I heard like uh, one idea. I heard was like a lottery concept. What? Because like the philosophy was like anyone that wants to run the country shouldn't be running the country. But like if you had a lottery system to where you could say like okay if you meet these criteria you're now eligible right or really no maybe just anyone can do it and it's like a lottery type thing i mean i don't know well, you you're just... rich <laughs> <laughs> that's Yo, pretty cool you crazy? Though, man. <laughs> no <laughs> no that'd be, are I you mean, crazy no you could do that I, I was thinking when you were talking you could do it with like the senate or like the house you put all their names in the lottery and we just pull from that hat yeah yeah, but a few different know, ways yeah. to go about that, it. But. I don't want to make like any the, solutions. I like the first idea. It sounds like an episode of The Simpsons where just <laughs> some, some random guy is just picked up. You're in the hot seat now. You run the country. Yeah, the whole country. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. To say the <laughs> least, man. <laughs> man. It would uh, completely eliminate all this voting nonsense we do anyway, too. So it's a win-win. Anyway, for us <laughs> you know that shit would get rigged in five seconds, bro. It'd be like a, a Powerball where they're all the same guy. Like, oh, this dude won. <laughs> all right, well, guess oh, you're the well, president. Guess you're... Oh, weird. His brother won right after. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Do, 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 yeah, do. We did a lottery and Donald Trump wins. I wonder what yeah. happened. <laughs> the Cheney family has won every lottery since <laughs> we started this thing. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but with that, man, we're at an hour. I mean, we're at an hour. I think that's a good pausing mo or a stopping point if you're cool with that. Um, yeah. This was awesome, man. This was crazy. My mind was blown the whole episode. I mean, uh, it's been fun. When uh, when me and Kevin set out for the podcast, we you know we wanted to affect lives. Um, I wanted to affect the lives closest to me, as well as anyone I could. So I started posting content on on social media and YouTube and everything. And we had the idea to start trying to go global and everything. So we started spreading it over to uh, Canada and then we started trying to spread, put ads so we could spread it overseas and whatnot. And sure enough, it was just Instagram fell right into our lap. And now we're talking to someone all the way from over UK. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, really happy to have supported you. I think what you're doing is absolutely incredible um, and keep it up. That that one life, you will have already saved that, and many, many more to come. I appreciate it, man. I really do. It's it's a fun it's a fun thing to do, man. It's it's very rewarding. There's nothing more rewarding than than knowing yeah. you know than falling asleep at night, knowing that I've tried my hardest to try and help people. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But yeah, man. Uh, do you have anything to say to someone struggling? I mean, normally, that's how we cut it off. Is um, I've I've got two things to say. One to people struggling, and one to people who aren't. Uh, people who are struggling, just reach out, talk to somebody, talk to anybody, even if it's a stranger on Instagram. Just message somebody and say that you're struggling, and I promise you, unless you're really unlucky and just get an arsehole, try two people just in case. You will get somebody <laughs> that will message you back and be there for you. And to, to anybody who's not struggling, I, I always like to say this. If you don't need somebody to talk to, then be somebody to talk to. 
That's great, man. And I want to thank you for coming on the show and thank you for opening yourself up, man. It's like you said, it's it's admirable for sure. So I appreciate it and uh, have a good one, man. Have a good week. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me and uh, you too. Enjoy the rest of your weeks. All sure. Right, thank you.